Welcome to the Queer Movie Podcast. Celebrating the best and worst in LGBTQ plus cinema, one glorious genre at a time. I'm Rowan Ellis. And I am actually Jazza John. Each episode, if you're unfamiliar with the podcast, we discuss a movie from a different genre of cinema. This episode's genre is... Queer Jane Austen. She's on the £10 note, she is. Yeah, that's in fact Mm. why she's famous, Jazza. That's her accomplishment. (laughs) Famously invented currency. Famously on the money. This week, Rowan is going to do what GCSE English was never able to do and explain the plot of Pride and Prejudice using the only medium possible for which I am able to understand, and that is gay men in underwear in the romantic comedy Jane Austen adaptation Fire Island. I am very much looking forward to confusing Jazza by referring to all of the characters strictly by their Jane Austen equivalents and not their names in the movie. But first, Jazza, what is the gayest thing that you did since we last spoke last episode? So, uh, kind, I, it, it's a big one and a small one. So I uh, told people on the internet and people at work that you can use they or he if you're talking about me. I don't know if that means that I'm non-binary, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm strictly a man. I don't know what that means, but I'm trying things out. So that's cool. Happy Pride. (laughs) I love that for you. I love a bit of trying things out. I think that's a good, I think that's a good, good alternative to the hey, you just have to think about this alone in your own head until you're totally certain and then you're allowed to say something, which feels, uh, you know, not actually that great. Yeah, and that is, uh, to be fair, exactly what I've been doing for the past, like, three years. (laughs) So I was like, you "You know what, let's test it into the real world. Um, How about you, Rowan? What's up, gay? I saw my book in stores for the first time and got to sign it. I got to sit behind a little desk and I got people came up to me and I got to be like, hello, who should I make it out to? How do you spell that? (laughs) And then I signed my name, except for the fact that the shop somehow didn't have Sharpies, which is like the go-to book signing pen. And they had instead like a dry erase marker. Oh. And uh, which is technically fine, except for the fact that I don't know how quickly it takes to dry. When it's on so you're just there paper. kind of like so I flapping around like, like I'd sign it and then I would just like be gently blowing on their books like, okay, hopefully <laughs> it dries. Okay, just maybe don't close this page for a while. Okay, thank you. Bye. You get both Rowan Ellis's signature and a bit of her DNA and some mm. spit as she blows over the That's ink true. to make it dry. What a win-win. Um, I actually I actually also saw your book in the wild for the first time as I walked past uh, Gaze the Word. <laughs> Forget your pronouns, Jazza. That's the gayest thing you did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fuck you. Um, what, where was it? <laughs> at Gaze the Word. At Gaze oh, the Word. Hey. It, was like, it was like the perfect thing because they had Beautiful. all of the heart stoppers. It was oh. basically you in a shop window. It was all of the heart stoppers, uh, that you, queer uh, history book. <laughs> what did you just call me? A heart stopper? Jazza, stop. I didn't. Um, uh, uh, your book and like all of the other like brilliant illustrated kind of like queer Cute. queer books. It was really good. I should have really taken a photo and sent it to you. Yeah, you should have. But that. I didn't. You know, what can you do? Yeah, you know, I thought about it and then didn't. Soz. 
Dear listener, if you are new here, this is how things work. First, we will give you some background on how this movie came to be, and then Rowan will highlight my lack of education by explaining how Fire Island is apparently a retelling of, checks notes, Prude and Predukiki. Jesus. Um, <laughs> I I think I'm hilarious and that is all that matters. Um, well, after that, as always, we'll be splitting the film into three acts, most of which will be the party in its aftermath, which is always at least one act, but this takes place on Fire Island and therefore is the entire movie. Finally, ending as always with our very special gay ratings to let you know what we thought about the film overall. We are going to be spoiling all of this movie, but honestly, it's just Pride and Prejudice with poppers, so you can guess how it goes down. But we would recommend watching it? Question mark? Yes, I would recommend watching this movie beforehand. I very much enjoyed yeah. it. Spoiler alert for the end of this podcast, but yes, you, you, should, you should watch it before listening to us spoil the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so without further ado, steal a water taxi from an angry lesbian and come with us to talk about Fire Island. Okay, so as we have, I was going to say hinted, mentioned very explicitly several (laughs) times already in this podcast, uh, this is in fact an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen, a book that Jazza has never read and never engaged with in any way apart from where Jazza, what movie? I'm uh, only Bridget Bridget Jones' Diary. Yes. I did, I had like a proper look and I was as surprised as I'm sure you are, dear listener, that that's the only Jane Austen media that I've ever engaged with. I mean, it, to be fair, it is a very good movie. It is a very good movie. And it is pretty, it's pretty Pride and prejudice This one, equally, very, very good movie, very Pride and prejudice actually. it's It's got a lot of pretty much one-to-one equivalents, modernised. Uh, there are a few storylines that get dropped, but I think to its benefit, it makes the storytelling tighter and it kind of emphasises Lizzie and Jane's storyline a little bit more, if you know what I mean, Jazza. You know, yeah, you know Lizzie, Lizzie and, and Jane. Jane. Oh, Lizzie and Jane. So (laughs) essentially, Pride and Prejudice is like a social commentary, kind of romance, sort of comedy, sort of drama, sort of everything type vibes. But ultimately is, like much of Austin's work, kind of critiquing and commenting on things like social hierarchy, on the relative importance of structures within society, of money, of power, of you know, the things that you're born into and the things you manage to achieve on your own. And I think that all of those things are paralleled really brilliantly, to be honest, with Fire Mm -hmm. Island. So we have this found family of these guys and this lesbian who go to Fire Island. We have the money issues. We have the hierarchy of different sort of attractiveness or wealth kind of meaning mm-hmm. something even more. I mean, the white the white rich gays, mm-hmm. essentially, that in almost, like almost every Western country that I've uh, lived in, there is an equivalent of this. In London, it is the London gays, like the Manchester gays talk about the London gays like this. In America, it's like the, the WeHo gays. Like there is the fact that it, this is all kind of like hierarchy and social status and mm-hmm. like what you're born into transactional relationships and all that kind of stuff the fact that this hasn't been adapted into kind of like a gay male kind of dynamic we i don't know i don't know why it took so long and then also on top of that we have some more commentary that gets added on more social commentary that gets added on with the sort of no fats no femmes no asians Mm -hmm. style of 
Uh, not a quote from me. If people are unfamiliar with that quote, that isn't just a thing I decided to say. Um, but it's, in fact it's actually a, Rowan's philosophy. Uh, fully, fully critiqued kind of dating app flagging of uh, someone it's a just being thing. a red it's a flag. Thing. It's yeah. a grinder thing of you know what a red flag would say in their bio. Essentially, looking mm-hmm. at things like the intersection of racism, specifically around Asian men, layered in with homophobia, layered in with self-acceptance and self-esteem issues like and how those things all tie together which is obviously you know not something Jane Austen was hinting at in the original you can you can read a lot into old works of art but I very much feel like it'd be difficult to be like Elizabeth Bennet is in fact a gay Asian man I mean is that not what we've just done you know truly she was ahead of her time and so yeah we we essentially have a very very similar relation the relationship in in pride and prejudice is the relationship in fire island between noah and will i'm gonna struggle i'm gonna struggle to figure this out okay so hang on the 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 nurse and the lawyer they have this this to me is turning into when you read a russian play and they all have about 17 names each i'm like you know Mm -hmm. lizzie elizabeth noah the nurse <laughs> that's all one person so noah noah is played by Jolkin booster and howie is howie is the, jane is jane sure who works in san francisco as a designer or something and is played by born yang of snl fame yeah so they are their sisters in the mm-hmm. original and, and they're some sisters, might say in sisters in Fire Island too. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, essentially, it's we have this mum lesbian being Mrs. Bennett, who's the matriarch. We have the dad, who's this kind of like guy who doesn't do drugs and just reads all the time. Which <laughs> <laughs> just like oh, if ever there was a way of categorizing Mr. Bennett, it's just doesn't do drugs, reads all the time. Classic Mr. Mm-hmm. Bennett. And then this bunch of like the siblings. We have like the Lydia character, for example. Who whose storyline will come on later. And I think when, when you have modern adaptations of Pride and Prejudice, the Lydia character is always the most interesting thing to, to see what her storyline is going to be. Who's Lydia? Is Lydia the one who gets fucked by the OnlyFans guy? Yes. Got it. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Same and, page. And if the people listening have done what they were told to do by us, they will also know what you're talking about. Yeah. If you good. haven't, then it's your own fault. Luke, his name is in the actual thing. Lydia's situation within Pride and Prejudice is the idea of like something that would make you socially ostracized. If someone was to have like run away, if someone was to have like been compromised in such a way as a young lady, the big kind of triumphant thing that that Darcy does is not actually that triumphant and like worthy in our modern times, which was essentially persuade the red flag asshole to marry Lydia. Oh. So that she's... <laughs> Is that what happened? So, so that she's like no longer disgraced and that she's she can oh, like wow. continue to live her life in society. Hey, I guess the modern equivalent of that is deleting an OnlyFans video. It's deleting an OnlyFans video. Um, And so it's always that question of like, yeah, what is the the thing that someone could do that would be equivalent to running away with this girl and like... Mm-hmm having his way with her and like all that kind of stuff that normally would be fine. And so you're looking at what what is the one-to-one equivalent of like something that's socially seen as socially unacceptable or seen as kind of has an element of, I guess you could call victim blaminess to it, like mm-hmm. all of these things. And I think the revenge porn 
fits really well. Mm -hmm. And actually, I think was very similarly to how they did it in the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, which is was a web series kind of one of the OG very popular web series that got produced that was a, a modern adaptation of it and that Elizabeth a lot of people are very Bennett, into I get it in the Lizzie Bennet Diaries hence why I keep calling her Lizzie even though she's obviously Elizabeth um, but of I will course. continue to do so joking booster uh, Noah the nurse Yes, indeed. So, okay, let's, I, we skipped ahead, which is kind of, you have to do if we're talking about the context of this being like a Pride and Prejudice adaptation, kind of talking a little bit about the plot points. But I think what makes sense is if we go through the plot now and I can sprinkle in some more Jane Austen, if there's any, as we go along so that we, you know, stick to our normal way of doing things on the podcast, which is obviously Excellent. extremely watertight and very, uh, you know, f- structured. Yes, 100%. Before we dive into that, I want to quickly give a little bit of a background of how this came to be, because I think it's actually quite interesting. Ooh, please tell. Rowan, do you remember Quibi? Um, so I, I, I do remember it, but I mainly remember it because it gets, men- it it gets a name drop in this It gets, a name, d- in it this gets script. a name drop. It gets a name drop in this script. Margaret Cho, my close personal friend, she mentions that she was an early investor in Quibi and that she was bad with investment. That is a really great callback to the origins of this movie, where originally Joel Kim Booster, who stars in this movie and wrote it as well, he ended up getting commissioned by Quibi to make a series of a load of gays on Fire Island, co-starring his close personal friend, Bowen Yang. So that is a callback to the fact that Quibi... You have so many close personal friends, Jazza, can I just say, in this cast, truly. Close personal... I don't... Only Margaret Cho is my oh, close okay, personal friend. Oh, your close personal friend. There's other close oh, personal his, friends. Oh, his... Yeah, it was, it was Joel Kim Booster's close personal friend, Bowen okay. Yang. A couple of degrees separated. Of course, yeah, you know. I mean, mm. now I'm only one degree separated from my close personal friend, Margaret Cho. Mm-hmm. So if you don't remember, Quibi was this vertical television experience where everybody was gonna now watch everyone's got short attention span so we're gonna turn tv shows into 15 minute tiktoks no one wanted that so the whole company folded instead of this eventually being shelved because it was going to be Mm -hmm. a pride and prejudice retelling of gays on fire island i think it was called the trip Jolkin booster ended up finding um support for it with a studio and then pulled together this amazing majority queer majority asian cast and uh, like turned it into the joy that it is today i think that the movie you can kind of tell that maybe this was meant to be a smaller project what are you implying? Some of the production decisions. Uh, I, I'm implying they didn't have a huge amount of money, and I think that's okay. But they brought on director Andrew Ann, um, who Booster had uh, worked with in the past, and ended up pulling this bad boy together. And that is everything behind that really quick joke in Act One. Speaking of which... Shall we talk about Act One, which I yes. imagine will probably be titled The Party in Its Aftermath? I've actually got um, equivalent, uh, like little asterisks at each party and its aftermath. So my Act okay. One is called The Tea Party and Its Aftermath. Oh, after in- yes, the first I- party they yeah. go to, which isn't a tea party, but is a, p- a party called tea. Yes, you it's know? a tea party. Yeah. 
So we first off end up with our character introductions. Lizzie Bennet, Bowen Yang, the nurse, Noah, ends up waking up late from a hookup and just catching the ferry from uh, New York City to Fire Island, which is on Long Island. Mm -hmm. Starts off with the first line of Pride and Prejudice. Oh, I knew that, see? I was did you honestly, room. what did you think he was saying at the beginning? Do you think he was just being really poetic for no reason? Yeah, he reads books. Yeah, because he was like, it's a truth universally acknowledged. Yeah. Oh, okay. Dear that's, Lord. that's like a quote that people use Yeah, this sometimes. is a quote people use because it's from Pride and Prejudice. So in case anyone okay. else missed that, the first line is a quote from Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, and they show the book as well. I noticed that. <laughs> So perceptive. Like a man in need of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. I'm pretty mm. sure that's how it goes. But essentially he then is like, that seems like hetero nonsense. I'm going to Fire Island now. And I was like, <laughs> we love, in case anyone wasn't aware that it was an adaptation, we love to be explicitly told. And I love a bit of no no hetero nonsense, like kind of no hetero nonsense. I'm just going to leave this, but this man needs to leave my apartment. I'm going to the ferry. Mm-hmm. He love goes, that. hey, Searches for name, you. You, you need to leave. And he's like, oh, I'll leave. And he's like, no, seriously, you need to go. Like right now, you need to be gone from my house. Thank you so much. I'm not going to lie. That wasn't necessarily part of uh, Elizabeth Bennett's original characterization, but sure. I choose to believe it could be. And so we get, I guess, the introduction to all of this kind of fan family that he has. The idea of like this cool older lesbian who just happened to have like come into a load of money through no mm-hmm. actual skills of her own. And it's, is now- She just sued like, has, Olive Garden is yeah. essentially what we're told, yeah. <laughs> and now she just has this house on Fire Island that they will go to. It's like a thing where they will get together and it's very exciting and cute and sweet. Um, and they're ready to fuck. Mm-hmm. Well, more or less, basically Lizzie Bennett, right? Um, uh, yes, uh, sure. Sits on the roop with her bestie, Bowen Yang, I've already forgotten who everybody it's is. It's Howie slash Jane, yes. Howie, yes, Howie Jane. They're sitting on the thing and like, Howie's like, oh, I've never had a boyfriend. Like, I w- almost didn't come this year, blah, 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 blah. And Noah says, well, you know what? I'm going to make sure you fuck and I'm not going to fuck until you fuck. That promise lasts, I think, literally about a day and a half. But it's an honourable promise as well. It is also at this point that we are introduced to the fact that um, Margaret Tro, my close personal friend, she says that she's made some bad financial decisions and now she's got to sell this house on Fire Island, Mm -hmm. which is the only reason that this found family have been able to continue to come back to Fire Island every year, which is renowned for being prohibitively expensive. I didn't understand why this existed as a plot point because it is mentioned, brought up a couple of times and then there's no kind of like payoff. I feel like this could have very easily just been a normal one, a summer in Fire Island. It didn't need to have to have been the last one that they ever had as a group. But, you know, I'm not mad about it. Yeah, I think it was just kind of to continue the theme of like having no money. To explain why sure. they were able to be there. And this theme of like, we are destitute, we have no money, like we're all, f- everything's falling apart, mm-hmm. which is very, very Jane Austen. <laughs> and then they also decided to make it even more Jane Austen by having our lead fall in a pool so he couldn't use his phone. So, you know, easy contact, texting is not available to him. He must message as they did in the olden days. Wait, hold on. What What's the equivalent of Elizabeth Bennett falling in the pool? As in, they didn't have mobile phones <sighs> In Jane Austen's time. (laughs) 
Wait, what? <laughs> how, but what? how did they communicate? Uh, through letters, which um, <laughs> we does do, actually we do get a letter. Yeah, we Indeed. do get a letter from Darcy later on. So and speaking of Darcy, yeah, after we've had everybody introduced, the tea party, which is like just an afternoon club thing in the sun. Basically, Fire Island looks like it's going to be my living hell because I hate a festival because I'm sweaty and in direct sunlight and that's mm-hmm. not where I thrive. I'm more of a shade. In the shadows, cat. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Very much so. Indoors, probably in a cupboard. Uh, we end up seeing all of the, well, the two major love interests. So one is Will, who is the stuffy lawyer type, who is Mr. Darcy. Yeah, And correct. is my future husband. And then there is Charlie, who's a doctor and like generic white boy hot. Who's he? He's Bingley. Bingley. I'll pretend that. Uh, so is that is that Hugh Grant's character in uh, Bridget Jones' Diary? No. So Bridget Jones' Diary, I don't think really does. Bridget Jones' Diary is very loose. I think it's like specifically it's just interested in the dynamic of like, hey, it's the the hot, boring one. Mm. Um, who I think thinks I'm an idiot, and then the dashing one who's actually evil. Got it. That's okay. that's Lizzie's thing. I don't think actually Jane and Bingley are really a thing. I feel like I don't really know any of the B plot from that movie and how that might come into it. No, Bingley mm. and Jane is is the two very sweet dummies fall for each other. Right, and, and so and machinations of like other people who maybe should just keep their noses out of other people's business, kind of force them apart through no actual reason, and then they have to come back together at the end. So essentially, what happens in this movie? Right, so they there's kind of like are uh, Lizzie and Darcy and Jane and Bingley. Look, I'm doing so well. They that those seeds are planted, and Noah ends up trying to kind of like um, because. There's this goal that Noah has of making sure that Howie ends up getting laid. He's like, oh, pushes him into the arms of the doctor guy. And they're like, oh, do you want to come and watch the sunset with us? Uh, And they watch the sunset. They count down the sunset, which is now something that I'm going to do every time I see a sunset now but i'll be honest i'm usually in bed by eight so that don't happen very often it's fine you can do it in the winter so sunsets are like 4 p.m over here in the winter so you'll be fine and then they get invited uh our group of found family end up getting invited to the the rich boy mansion for a party so many parties but again very pride and prejudice and i think that this whole section is setting up the idea of like rules and expectations within society the idea of social right. capital of beauty and money and also right. this difference between howie and noah which is that howie's like i want romance like i love this I idea want to i want to be vulnerable and then noah is the one saying sure you're gonna have missionary vanilla sex with a man of men of your dreams he was like I, I can't i can't let you just have one so the idea kind of of like i'm gonna be supportive and i love you but like in a i'm always right way which again very mm-hmm. in character for an elizabeth bennett to be honest I'm big fan of that it's almost like she has a lot of pride and or prejudice <laughs> almost like wow. it's, it's the, the clues in the name and then we wow. also have a really interesting kind of parallel with the book because we get after this like rager party where essentially they just all make fools of themselves and expose themselves as the 
true, oh my God. you know, like lower class people that they are. They shouldn't be at this rich gays party. Can I anecdote for a second on this? Please do. I've been in this situation. Who were you where, in this situation? Where, um, I have I have friends in the States who are the rich white gays. Classic. Who like are from money. Were you the one They're who was throwing lovely. up in a vase? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> um, uh, I have so- I have some lovely friends and they should not have invited me to this really lovely party. I kind of got away with being there because I've got a, an English accent and that's exotic over there. Yes, of course. But it was a time where Jazza drank too much and uh, was sick in, in like various reciprocals around this really lovely house. <laughs> I 100% identify with that with the group of them kind of like rocking up looking at the half drunk bottle of wine that they've brought as kind of like a I I, I guess like a housewarming thing and like fuck I can't bring this and chucking it in the (laughs) chucking it in the ditch and then going in and just being like oh I need to find a corner and and drown all of my sorrows and I can confirm that expensive alcohol does hit different hits different yeah, I'm very stupid. as someone who doesn't very drink. Dangerous. I I appreciate your just like you know giving me the in, inside info. You are you are welcome. I'll be your 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 feet on the ground. Thank you uh, so much. <laughs> but we have kind of like a little bit of a uh, Noah goes and tries and finds out about Charlie, who is Howie's love interest, the Doctor, mm-hmm. uh, and looks through Charlie's like wash bag. Honestly, just to find out if he's on prep, um, which is important. And we find out, oh, lovely, he is. You should always use a condom as well, though, guys, because with both, that really does increase your chances of not getting STIs. Sure, that's English. And then over here is sexy Mr. Darcy saying, oh, my God, I know it isn't hot enough to be that annoying. And then Noah has a chip on his shoulder about this for the rest of the thing. And all I would have heard is, oh, he thinks I'm somewhat hot. I'm in there. And a little annoying. How fun. And a little annoying. Um, so, That's chemistry, baby. Yeah, like in the... So this is a classic trope in, in romance now forever, right? Like this sure, ju- sure. literally just happened in the last season of Bridgerton. This happens in the original. Only <laughs> Elizabeth just sort of laughs about it. <laughs> She's like, what a nerd. And it's kind of like a big thing, right? The idea of... And sometimes they don't play it truthfully it's like a mis- miscommunication like they overheard them saying the beginning of a sentence and not the end of the sentence and so like didn't realize that they were actually doing an impression of someone who's wrong or something like mm. that whereas this kind of i guess committed to the committed to the bit like he did say that and he did mean it but but in a hot way but in a hot way just because he was yeah, being was really silly and so yeah. you know we've got this classic enemies to lovers vibes going on and so they decide to leave Howie to have a beautiful brilliant night and they'll come and see him in the morning uh and he it turns out just like spends the night there being really sick and then hung over absolutely classic and hilariously I think the closest like the equivalent in the book is when Jane goes out and then it starts raining and she basically just like her frail female body can't handle rain and she has to like stay over <laughs> at their manor house because she's sick. Is that really what happens? She basically just gets sick because she sta- she walks in the rain and all of a sudden she like goes somewhere in the rain. And so they, mm-hmm. it's like, there's literally no other way that she will be able to 
spent any time away from her family and at this rich man's house other than her literally being bedridden from water sure. you 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 oh, got sick did. from the rain really quote sick unquote. from the rain jane yeah, yeah, sure yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. so yeah how he essentially is like that except the rain was just like vodka so <laughs> <laughs> but he's but like he had a great time because he had yeah. his little his little little pediatrician boy like took care of him and like yeah which was, was quite lovely rubbing cute. his back rubbing his yeah. back there was a moment when i was throwing up and he was rubbing my back and we had an intimate moment i fucking loved that i loved it so much because he was because he's saying it to to the lizzie character to noah he immediately is like that's stupid what that's so gross like mm-hmm. gr- gr- boo intimate that's so dumb uh, but it's like no how are you do believe it let yourself believe it mm-hmm. let yourself have the hot doctor Hello, dear listener. Jazza here. It is Pride Month, and it's great when you find a business that not only solves a problem you have been trying to tackle for years, but also makes sure to donate to causes that are close to your heart. That's why this ad spot is supported by Quip. Quip make toothbrushes, and when it comes to supporting the queer community, they put their money where their mouth is. Very good joke. Quip sent me a limited edition electronic toothbrush that is iridescent, shines with all the colours of the rainbow, and stops me overbrushing with timed sonic vibrations. I have a long history of overbrushing, and that was affecting my gum line, and this Quip toothbrush has really helped me to solve for that problem. Quip are also donating $5 of each toothbrush sold, up to $50,000 to the Ali Forney Centre, which helps support LGBTQ plus homeless youth so that you can feel doubly good about using their brushes. They only start at $25, so you won't be paying through the teeth for better oral health. Another good joke. If you go to getquip.com slash QMP right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash QMP, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot C-O-M slash QMP. Quip, the good habits company. The Queer Movie Podcast is part of Multitude, a collective of shows that love to put cool stuff in your ear canal as a member of the family we aren't allowed to have favorites but our sibling exo law makes it very hard for us to play fair have you ever wondered what life would be like on a planet different from our own or how writers create your favorite fictional worlds well you don't need to wonder anymore my darlings because we have the facts for you every other week astrophysicist slash folklorist Dr. Moya McTeer explores fictional worlds by building them with a panel of expert guests, interviewing professional world builders, or reviewing the merits of worlds that have already been built. You'll learn, you'll laugh, and you'll gain an appreciation for how special our planet really is. Subscribe today by searching ExoLaw in your podcast app or going to exolawpod.com. We are also continuing to be supported by Squarespace, who can help you to buy a domain and create a website. Pride-themed 
or otherwise. We've been talking about how we love using Squarespace for website creation, giving us access to analytics and creating email campaigns and connecting all of our social media in one place because we have lots of social media and it needs to be centralized. We know you hear a lot of your favorite media offering their discount codes, but this Pride Month, it would really help us out if you chose to use ours and support the Queer Movie Podcast. Just go to squarespace.com slash queermovie and when you're set up to make all of your digital business dreams come true, you can use the offer code queermovie, all one word, to save 10 percentage points off your first purchase of a website or domain. Remember to go to squarespace.com slash queermovie. Now, back to the show. This is also where my act two begins. And I have called this the underwear party and its aftermath. For obvious reasons. Mm-hmm, because there is... An underwear um, party. A, a party where everybody is fully clothed and mm-hmm. incredibly respectful. They yes, just absolutely. They um, uh, line dancing all evening. Mm-hmm. So um, as a thank you, Howie invites Charlie and I guess his friends to come over to Margaret Cho her house she's my close personal friend mm-hmm. margaret show has a throws a massive oh my god I'm, i i i can't believe it i would have been able to just put up, warm up some hot dogs for you boys and you'd gobble them all up but now i've got to put on an actual spread so they get sent to the supermarket where they walk around denting cans because by the way they're poor we get a little commentary about inflation on fire island as well it's more expensive there than it is in new york city oh my goodness can you imagine and then we get introduced to to OnlyFans boy called Dex, who is he's, he's Wickham. Boo, hiss. Wickham, we boo, hate hiss, Wickham. Boo, boo hiss, boo, yep. but he is beautiful and has really great thighs. I'm just putting that out there. Like, sure. Yeah, I'd... Here, here, I would like to quote Will. Please. And the quote is just, superficial, vapid morons. Oh my God, my type. <laughs> <laughs> You are your own type, truly, whenever we watch any movie with hot men in it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm not getting any action at the moment, Rowan. I need it somewhere. So we have an introduction to Dex, who is our boo his boo. We walk past Will and Charlie, who recognise Dex. Will clearly doesn't like him, and um, Noah decides to invite Dex to the party this evening as well to make things interesting when everyone starts arriving will's like who's our mr darcy goes to noah oh my god you read and then they have oh my god you're not like other girls you're just so not uh, tucks a hair behind ear oh my god Mm. yeah i read i have opinions about things and they do actually have like a really hot debate where clearly they I mean, there's some hots happening um, and they have different opinions about like books and stuff. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. This See, this is how, this is like the classic enemies to lovers thing where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, we just have a little bit of misunderstanding sprinkled with, we disagree on like little things and not, you know, like one of us is a fascist, one Society. of us is subjugated kind of vibes. Yeah. It's more like... <laughs> I, cause, cause that's like an, that's a very specific kind of enemies to lovers. And you know what, if that's your thing, you do you, but I feel like there's a, there's a spectrum and uh, Pride <laughs> and Prejudice is on the slightly less extreme version of the enemies to lovers spectrum where it's, it's just a lot of pride and or prejudice getting in the way of <laughs> their love. 
Mm-hmm. So they have a lovely evening eating with one another. Then we find out the following morning that Howie kissed Charlie. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, Cute. Did. Go, Howie. Go, Howie, little hussy. I did really enjoy it at this point. They were like, you didn't sleep together, but you had the room alone for 27 minutes. What else did you do with one another? Do a puzzle. Um, and then they cut to them finding the piece for a puzzle and they both go, oh. oh. <laughs> Very. The puzzle piece. Can I just say that doing the puzzle together or the idea that you could never have sex in 27 minutes, both of those scenarios, very lesbian. <laughs> sure. We then start getting ready for the next party. I believe this is our third or fourth party already. We we go to the next party, which is the underwear party, mm-hmm. which is world famous. Yeah. I mean, I feel very represented personally by Margaret Cho eating ice cream in a face mask, not being at the club while this is happening. Mm-hmm. I, li- I liked that for me. I felt really seen. But everyone else did indeed go to the world famous underwear party. Yeah. So they have this moment where they all bring it because they're poor. They bring out all of their. Did um, you forget all of the? <laughs> did you just to remind, to remind you? you. Are, yeah, they bring out all of like the drags of drugs that they have. So they have like some ketamine. Um, like from a little pill I found Moscow. on the floor last Here's week. Here's a pill I found on the floor. It could it it could be Molly or it could be a probiotic. Who knows? There is also they bring out like a half bottle of G. Do you know what G is? Do you know what do you know about G? Babes, I don't know any drugs. Let's so be real. G is the is GHB the date rape drug, and it, it's basically um, a a house cleaning detergent that especially the gays have discovered. Basically, does all of the good things of alcohol with none of the downsides apart from it might kill you. So the way that you take G, it's the it it's is all or nothing, baby. Well, no, you have to do small doses of it over like. Like once an hour, you can't drink with it, otherwise you die. If you drink more than like a small dose of it each hour, you die. Um, so can I just clarify, when I said all or nothing, I didn't mean you do it all or you do nothing. I meant well, it's it's like you it's fine or you die all or nothing. You know what I mean? That was what I was getting 100%. at. I like I need to cl- clarify, I wasn't like every drop drink it down but as they're going through this the character who pl- the the guy who plays luke downs the g and i'm like well he's dead like that that's <laughs> was there like it's Chekhov's g you guys this is coming back Chekhov's to bite him g. and i was just like i feel like this is irresponsible representation mm. of drug taking but you know they end up going to happen. the party <laughs> Sure. Yes, exactly. They end up going to the underwear party. Mr. Darcy, Will, is also there. In trousers. Like, he's in shorts. He's not in his underwear. He really didn't get with the spirit of the party. Yeah. Noah's probiotic is just starting to hit. And um, as he starts dancing with Will, and they start kind of like nearly kissing and all of that kind of stuff. And then this other friend who we haven't mentioned yet. Who looks like a fucking alien. He looks like an alien, uh, like somebody in a bodysuit. Do you know who I mean? So I think this is meant to be Caroline. Okay. In the original. But I think it's called so, Cooper in this one. I know who okay. you're talking about. Paul's, Paul's no away from Will being mm-hmm. like, hi, I, actually, I'm going out with Will now. So there. Yeah. Go away. Yeah. Then Dex, OnlyFans guy, turns up. Noah takes him into the dark room and uh, full on sucks his dick. Mm-hmm. Like there's not actual kind of like 
you don't see shaft, ladies and gentlemen, but you certainly like it's very the unambiguous what is happening. Is like like he's not checking for a mole. Let's just mm-hmm. say that. Or for crabs. Or uh, for crabs. Which, which is which an is anecdote something. from a different part of this from the lesbian character. Which obviously is um actually probably the closest of any scene to what happens in Pride and Prejudice mm-hmm. when Darcy walks in on Elizabeth sucking dick. Mm-hmm. And I really respected <laughs> them for keeping that in there. I'm sorry, that took me far too long to register as a joke i was like oh right well maybe i should read pride and prejudice (laughs) um amazing yeah no it's like it's like a classic like in the moment i'm good with sucking this guy's dick but as soon as i lock eyes with my boy darcy from across the room i'm suddenly like hmm i would rather be with him bit awkward that he's just seen me down here just having a good time it's also very unclear why Mr. Darcy walks into the dark room. Now I'm aware of the curiosity. I, I think I'm it is obvious the... when you oh. when you get to what Darcy knows about Dex. Because right, from Darcy's okay. point He's of a bad view, person. Dex sure, is sure, a bad sure. person. He knows that these guys have just gotten so drunk that they've like passed out and puked everywhere the last time they were out. And he's just seen this guy he was dancing with, who, as you pointed out, the drugs had just started to kick in for him. Yeah. Suddenly go off with this guy that Darcy knows has a, I think he refers to it as kind of like a blurred idea of what consent is. Yeah. And so I can definitely see him being like, especially when we, we know as Pride and Prejudice fans, obviously Jazza, that in Darcy's sure. head, he's already pretty far gone on mm-hmm. Noah slash Elizabeth at this point. He's just starting to admit mm-hmm. it to himself. And so I can definitely see that making sense that he would be like, I'm just going to go and double check that there's nothing weird going, like that, that this guy is like not passed out at this point. Like, so I do think it makes sense, mm-hmm. but it doesn't at the time when you're watching it, when you don't know mm-hmm. Pride and Prejudice and you don't have this context, you're just like, I mean, shit, I'll get off the toilet. Darcy, like you coming in or you going? Like, what's that? Why are you no, here? But, but once again, I feel very seen as the person who has been at parties where there is an orgy, shuffled in and been like, like shuffled in, get that. Anybody? Uh, anyone a condom? <laughs> uh, anybody need a <laughs> need drinks refilled? You're all right. You're comfortable. Okay. Everybody okay. consenting here. Okay. All good. Okay. Um, and especially there's a bit where later on where Noah is looking for Howie, and opens the door, sees like a full blown orgy, goes to close it, and then thinks. Oh, I'd better check. Goes, Howie? <laughs> Everybody stops, looks up, looks towards him and go, no, never mind then. And everybody just continues fucking. <laughs> and I'm not even lying when that has happened to me. Like, I'm, <laughs> like I've got it looking for someone. I'm like, Howie? Oh, my uh, God. Just out of any chat? Just, no? just okay. a check. No, okay. Have bye-bye. fun. Okay, good. Bye-bye. Have fun. Play safe. <laughs> oh, my God. Truly incredible. We also, at this point, between that and the looking for Howie at the orgy, we get an absolutely classic, it's raining, and now we're in the yes. rain together with yes. our Lizzie and Darcy, our Noah and Will, mm-hmm. where essentially it's like a kind of interesting because the what Noah thinks is happening with Will, the reason why mm. Will is really like uptight and like all this kind of stuff is because he has internalized homophobia. So his mm. whole perception, his prejudice if you will is oh, prejudging Christ. of will is that right, he is GCSE, very, come for me is that he's very like stuck up that he thinks that that him and his friends are below him that he's sort of like this asian guy who's only friends with white guys and sort of is trying to be just like them and is trying to ignore his like 
his own identity and ignore his queerness so that he'll he's like okay with being queer as long as it's palatable like kind of has all of these ideas about what will must be like based on effectively the fact will is not naked at the underwear party and then he obviously is like wow are we gonna kiss um and uh noah such as he is like leans in for it it's like (laughs) No, oh, we're oh, not. Purse, what are you talking mouth. about? Um, which is, in fact, a parallel uh, to the scene in Pride and Prejudice where he fully proposes to her and she's like, no. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Um, which is why I mentioned to Jazzar, I sent him a message um, before we started recording this. With I, I don't know if it's been done, but I would really, really love a retelling of Pride and Prejudice, even just like a, a short novella or something from the point of view of Darcy. Because his story mm. is just like, silly little man falls for like sassy lady mm-hmm. and then proposes and gets rejected because he's made up this whole romance in his head and she still kind of thinks he's an idiot and i just really like that energy for him because in her point of view it's like what a serious stick in the mouth hey write that musical and take it to the edinburgh fringe let's That's do it what I, yeah i think that this is this is our calling i should probably read the book at some point <laughs> so noah finds howie howie saw Charlie has ended up hanging out and hooking up with his ex who all of Charlie's friends flew in from somewhere. To get them back together or to have something happen with them. Yeah. Because yeah, they're rich. Because they're rich and they can't just fly people in. And Howie's like very sad about it. And then they have a heart to heart. Um, Noah and Howie have a bit of a heart to heart. And Howie's like, like, I'm not like you. And I'm guessing this is the Jane and Lizzie kind of like dynamic of like them desiring and wanting different things but elizabeth wanting something expecting something different for jane i guess i'm assuming that elizabeth doesn't want jane to get fucked in the original pride and prejudice but i mean not not in so many words jazza Mm -hmm. but you know scholars scholars say it's implied um no it's not (laughs) (laughs) Is the scholar, are the scholars you? Is it the you? The scholar is me. I am implying mm-hmm. that. I think basically it's just like, it's it's very funny because functionally um, both Lizzie and Darcy slash Noah slash Will basically just are really ride or die for their friends, sisters, and mm-hmm. just really want the best for them and just don't think anyone is worthy of them, which ultimately kind of messes up the whole situation because... One of the things I think is really fun as a viewer or as a reader of this whole kind of dynamic is that we can see that Lizzie and Darcy or Noah and Will actually have way more in common than they realize. And one of the Mm. big things that they have in common is being just like aggressively uh, ride or die for their friends, just expressing Mm -hmm. it in slightly different ways. And so their friends just happen to be dating each other and neither of them thinks the other one is good enough for them. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's very like that, that kind of tangled web where they both kind of have the same energy, but just in completely opposite directions, which I very mm-hmm. much uh, appreciate, which I think essentially we're, in, we're at the third act at this point. We are at the third party. Yeah, so after the falling out between Noah and Howie, the third party, this is the hardest thing because there isn't really kind of like a big party, mm. but there is a peppermint the drag queen dance party and it's aftermath and to be fair that's a pretty good one it is a pretty it is a pretty fucking good one i'll watch anything that has peppermint in it i'll be honest we wake up the next morning and 
Noah has received a letter from Will, from Darcy. Now, I understand that we have set up, oh, his phone is wet, he can't use it, it's in a bowl of rice to get all the moisture out, blah, 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 blah. We need this to build up for a letter. What I don't really understand is why couldn't this letter just been a text message? I don't understand why it had to be a letter. Like a text message to someone else's phone? No, a text message to yourself. Yes, of course, between two people. Yeah, yeah, but like, who? He doesn't have anyone else's phone number. I'm assuming. No, but I would, I would have been okay with Noah not having a wet phone because the only reason that he doesn't have a phone at the moment is because he dropped it in the thing, so that we could have this letter sent at some point. I feel like that's the only payoff we get from the wet phone. Yeah, and I'm like. I don't think it needed to be a letter. Yeah, we have implied payoff that like it's a reason why he can't just ring Howie and find out where Howie is every time Howie just goes missing, which is actually quite a lot during this mm-hmm. whole thing. Yeah, but yeah, also, yeah. I guess like not being able to look Dex up, like not being able to find him himself because it's implied that he like he doesn't actually see this guy's Instagram until someone's able to sure, show sure, it to sure. him. Like yeah. all those things mm-hmm. that you would check up on someone to see if they were dodgy. But I also, you know... How about you just get with the romance, Jazza, yeah? How about you get with weird cryptic letters and their inherent eroticism, huh? Uh, Sure. Um, uh... Unnecessarily cryptic letters, I will say. Sure. They end up running into one another. So Darcy and Lizzie end up running into one another. For the final time, Darcy throws away a small ice cream. I don't understand the running joke of the small ice cream and it being thrown away. It's really unclear why he's wasting so much gelato. It's actually quite annoying me. But they end up kind of like making up, being like, I'm sorry I tried to kiss you. Let's be friends now. We actually have a lot in common and really good chemistry. Oh, you say that you're actually really fun, Darcy? Well, prove it to me. Dance on stage in front of this drag queen. And so that's what he does. Mm. And it's quite cute. They just dance to Kim Petrus. And this was the moment that I decided that I was going to marry the actor. Comrade something, I think his name is. Conrad something. And you know what's so great about this scene? It really goes to show how the character of Will slash Darcy has gotten over his overwhelming sense of pride. (laughs) That's character growth, friends. He's not taking himself too seriously, you know. And then we get a couple more scenes of Darcy and Lizzie slash Noah and Will actually getting to know each other directly and not through others, which in fact is what normally happens uh, what happens in the book where it's just like oh I don't like that Mr Darcy but the housekeeper tells me he's very nice actually so I guess <laughs> he must be a pretty good guy um, including reading on the beach together which is very sweet mm. and then we have another performance based romance song situation where Howie does some karaoke and um, Charlie is emotionally affected by it. I don't understand why they do this whole song uh, like it's lovely, but they do the Britney Spears. You song. just wanted the going? dance Shit. to be a full song, yes, and this of. to be shorter is what you're telling me. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, that is that is where my prejudice lies. <laughs> wow, <laughs> hope you're proud of yourself. So, I mean, yeah, I agree that it didn't have to be this long, but like the song was obviously made sometimes sense in the context. Sometimes I hide. Sometimes I'm scared of you. Okay. Also, I would say if the if the movie didn't need the full song, we don't need the full song, Chasa. <laughs> okay, fair enough. We then find out that Dex slept with one of the other Luke. sisters. Luke. Sle- slept Slash with Lydia, Luke. yes. 
slash Lydia and then posted it on his OnlyFans, which is really illegal. And I don't Very think, so. and I, I think actually makes it really unrealistic because nobody would do that. Like that is so clearly illegal. Mm, you'd think that, wouldn't you? And yet mm. people do. There's like actually quite a serious problem with, uh, with it being a thing. But people would do it for, I feel like it's such a kind of like, if this is something that he's done before, he'd already be convicted for it. Maybe I'm, no, I'm being too, maybe I'm being naive. You're being too optimistic and too naive. Mm -hmm. No, I think, I think also it's not even a case of like him thinking that there was anything wrong with it. I genuinely think that Dex is so entitled and so... He's not like, ha ha ha, how evil I'm being, whatever. He's not trying to get revenge even. He he's just like, I needed to just post something awful today. Person. Sure. He's like, I got this hot guy. Like we did it all day. He let me do it. Like I look so mm -hmm. great. Look at us. We look so great here. Da, da, da. Like I genuinely think that he did not even, we already know from like Will's story that there was something going on with like difficult consent. Like he clearly doesn't understand that <laughs> consent sure. as a concept. And also, I think he's clearly gotten away with it before. Like this idea of he did yeah, something right. to Will's friend, but Will's friend didn't want to like press charges or go anywhere with it. And so it kind of was like something that, and this, this I guess was that, that thing that made it make slightly more sense about how cryptic he was being. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, if it's not my story to tell, I don't really want to disclose my friend's potential assault to like, a stranger like I can see that that issue of like am I just getting too overly involved in this like I don't want to spill secrets and I don't want it to become this like drama as it were like this this sure. like fire yeah. island drama like oh my god the gossip goes around like all this kind of stuff it was one of those scenarios where I'm like this all makes sense to me in terms of it being a thing that could happen even if it wasn't mm -hmm. the best decision by all of the characters involved in how to handle sure, a bad situation. So um, Dex gets confronted by Will and by Noah. They threaten him with legal action, basically, and it's kind of hot when Darcy does the lawyer thing. 100%. And they throw his phone in the water. Lovely symmetry there. Mm -hmm. Then um, we cut to Howie, and Howie's sad because Charlie still has his boyfriend around his ex-boyfriend around for some reason and how he's like i'm gonna go sad face i'm gonna go now i'm gonna go early which guys you've made it very clear up until this point that you're poor that's so much money to reschedule a flight last minute but apparently what's what's happening yeah i was thinking that as well and like spoiler alert later on continues to just flout that mm -hmm. and be like i have to catch a train actually no i don't jokes it's yeah, fine yes, i don't JK, JK. you, you stole mm -hmm. a boat don't worry about it yeah. but yeah basically i think this is one of those cases of like when we're looking at the character of charlie aka bingley his fatal flaw is being too damn nice mm. he is the nick from heartstopper being like her dog died. I must go on a date with her, right? Like, that's how this works. And it's like, mm -hmm. my ex has Lyme disease. I I have my to make sure he's okay. And so it's it very much was like, I think played, which I think is a, a very Bingley type way of playing this storyline of like, yeah, Charlie is just, he saw someone who was suffering and he's like, I just want to make sure he's okay. Like, I've, you know, I just want to take care of him. He's sick, like all this kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And being too nice to everyone ultimately is going to mean that he doesn't, he isn't concentrating on someone he genuinely really likes and that he should actually be putting mm -hmm. like concerted effort into that, that is Howie. But I also think that we have this idea of like Howie having his own self-esteem issues, having his own experiences with 
racism within the community with not thinking that he's worth anything with Mm -hmm. not feeling as attractive as his friends and and Mm -hmm. not having a boyfriend which is what he really wants and not being you know if he's someone if he's desired by someone it's a fetish and so but like does he just say fine because he just wants some kind of intimacy like Mm -hmm. all of these things are like very deep for a fun romantic comedy but I think that's kind of some of the best romantic comedies do have those elements of like real gut punch like oh god this is too close to reality right now like this is a Mm -hmm. this is actually really real and having this conversation between Howie and Noah slash Jane and Lizzie about the idea of like we want different things and that's okay and I thought it was a really fun move once we decide to do this big romantic gesture that they let it be Jane's gesture that they let it be Howie's gesture that they didn't have Howie and Charlie just like make up in the background and have the big romantic gesture be the Lizzie gesture because I think that would imply hey Noah is wrong for not being obsessed with romance and for being someone who doesn't necessarily want to get into a monogamous relationship not wanting to get into a heteronormative relationship and that he's the real main character and in giving this big romantic gesture to Howie and to Charlie and then having a much smaller like ongoing negotiation conversation happen between the Lizzie and Darcy characters. I really enjoyed that. That was like very different to how you might expect this kind of thing to go. But I think it really served the story and served the message of the story for me. It's, it, that was a, a lot <laughs> of oh, sorry. prejudice information. No, it's great. My brain is just overloaded. For me, that was just uh, Charlie stole a boat said i love you and everybody went oh too soon and then um we all laughed and then darcy and lizzie made out on a pontoon that's the end (laughs) it was less it was i didn't mean it to be like a big pride and prejudice dump i just meant like no even it was just like i was was, digesting even if pride and prejudice was nothing to do with it the fact that they'd set up the idea of like this character doesn't necessarily want romance and it wasn't like we fix them now they do want romance it was like okay Mm. we're allowing this character and also like having his love interest the darcy of the piece will also Mm -hmm. not be into monogamy necessarily i thought was a very nice touch i will say it's sure lovely touch may i be a cynic sure i don't see how realistically any of this works they all live in different places. This essentially has yeah. been a three-day fling. Um, yeah. Sure, long-distance relationships do work. And if Darcy is down for some an open relationship or something along those lines, sure, that, that can work. But everybody is being scattered to all four corners of the fucking United States. Mm-hmm. And what, are they going to, like, convene you're next for- year? You're forgetting Island? something really important. What's that? Some of them, in fact, 50% of all of the couples, are very rich. so it's all gonna be fine i haven't been getting all of the subliminal messaging it's been very subtle i agree with you but also i think they kind of like it sort of doesn't matter like i don't mind the idea of like we're not having the like we're not having the this is the ending is to indicate a happily ever after afterwards i think the ending is to indicate how he deserved this and he got this moment of someone putting him first mm-hmm. and like doing a really big beautiful gesture for him and it almost doesn't matter if they never speak again in a weird way because they literally have known each other for three days but I think that he deserved to have this big huge moment and to give that to that character and not to the lead like Lizzie character mm-hmm. I felt like was very fun and a very nice touch a beautiful touch shall we go in and do our rainbow ratings let's do it 
So, dear listener, we give each one of our movies a queer rating, a gay pride flag rating, where um, of the six bars of the vanilla rainbow flag, we will give uh, different colours of that flag and a certain number of those colours to show how much we liked it, essentially. Each of the colours, of course, loosely representing their original meanings of uh, red being life, orange being healing, yellow being sunlight, apparently, green being nature, blue being harmony, and purple being spirit. Rowan, how many bars would you give this film? And what colours? So I am rating this film in the spirit in which it was intended. In that the score I'm going to give it is not like this is how it compares to all other movies. This is how it compares to other rom-coms. And as me and Jess mm-hmm. discovered recently, there are almost no queer rom-coms, mm-hmm. my lord, that aren't just based in full trauma or don't have like, yeah, just a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, as one of the first truly like led by queer people, written by queer people, rom-com mm-hmm. queer released in a major Asian way, people queer Asian well, people as well, yeah. Suck on that bros, which is another movie that the marketing is trying to make it sound like it was the first of its kind. Um, we are going with, I'm going to go with five, baby. Oh, what I'm are you giving it out? five. I'm going to miss out Harmony because, mm-hmm. you know, enemies to lovers. <laughs> sure. It's too much enemy. Uh, and, I've, and I feel like I couldn't miss out, you know, Sunlight, for example, because notor- yeah. very much it was very sunny the very whole time. Sunny. Yeah, except when it rained during that one scene (laughs) during that one scene in the middle of the night and then nobody spoke of it ever again I'm 100% with you I'm going to also give it five bars and I'm going to give it life healing sun, nature, miss out harmony and give it spirit same, look at us go is this the first time we've actually agreed uh, on everything look at this ironically harmony that we have together oh my goodness Putting aside pride and... Pred- no, it didn't work. Wow. Um, uh, no, I love this movie. I think that, it's, like, very rarely, all of the conversations felt so real. Mm. And all of the characters and the way that they spoke and the cuttingness of it and the relationships, everything felt really real. I know all of these people. I recognise a lot of these situations. I really loved it. And it kind of, like, is a testament to how rarely I get to see that reflected back in the mm-hmm. screen of the fact that I have to kind of like remark on it. But yeah, I thought that this was, even though I don't have the Pride and Prejudice background, knowledge, none of it, I still really Expertise. Expertise. <laughs> I, I'm really interested to know just very quickly, did you predict any of the stuff that was happening in terms of like, obviously you knew who was going to get together, but did you kind of see how it would happen? Did you see the idea of like that um, Dex was real bad news from the start? Like, or did you fully believe that this guy was like an asshole who had been a, rejected someone because he started an OnlyFans and like all this kind of stuff? No, I didn't buy any of that. Uh, but, I, but I think that that was maybe because... You're like, simply it's just, smarter. It's, nowadays, than, <laughs> yeah, <Noah. laughs> than Jane Austen. But also I think that a lot of these things are now tropes. That's very true. That is very true. But the reason that Jane Austen is, the, is on the £10 note is because she was one of the first people to ever spend employ £10. these tropes. To spend £10. Famous inventor of the ten pound note. Um, she was one of the first to ever put these mm-hmm. tropes together. Whereas now they seem really cliche. But the reason that she's such a special writer is because she was one of the first to make to do them. That's very true. That's very true. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy these episodes, we need your help to keep the podcast going. 
You can support us on Patreon so that you can not only support queer media, but also join our queer movie club where we do watch-alongs of loads of queer movies once a month with our Discord. It's a lovely group of um, queer individuals, really lovely space, everyone's really nice. You should come along and join. Um, It's very good. Thank you. And we also have some other exciting things at different tiers as well as the Discord, so you can check that out by checking out the Patreon. Maybe I just won't tell you what they are, so you have to go. You have to go. Yeah, you have to go there. You have to go because it's a mystery. Um, Also, make sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast so that you're notified of our next episode and what other podcast app you use. And also, check out our Twitter and Instagram because Mm. we do sometimes post there. (laughs) Whenever we want. Whenever we fancy. We have been Jazza John and Rowan Ellis. We are edited by Julia Shafini and are part of Multitude. Find out more about their amazing other podcasts and stuff that they make at multitude.productions. Thank you very much, my darlings. You'll hear from us very soon. Bye. Doodly.